0: This is a post-Christian podcast. Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Hello, everybody. Thanks for being flexible with us. had some tech
1: issues. Hello, everyone. Oops. We are live on Instagram. This might cut off in an hour, so we'll let you know, but... We're going to do all the Q&A things down here. Thanks for joining us. He'll he'll come in and request. Mm
0: -hmm. So we're just waiting on our... We have a guest speaker today. Guest speaker. So we're just waiting
1: on Ed to hop in here. So just to let you know, you guys, um, we've had some requests um, for more guest speakers. And you asked and you made it happen. So you guys made it possible for us to have a guest speaker, right?
0: Yeah. Caleb? Yep. Thanks to, to Thomas.
1: So Thomas, thank you for making this possible so we can have a more diverse voice here at Revolution Church. Yep.
0: Okay. Oh, here we go. There's Ed. Good. You want to do the introduction?
2: Go live. Yeah, sure. All right. Hey, All right. Ed. Good morning. Good afternoon. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Good.
0: Good, good, Um. So I think... I think we got all the tech stuff figured out, all our technical issues. Um, so so you're, uh, we're going to introduce you to, to everyone on here. This is uh, Reverend Ed Hurd. And Ed, where, where are we talking to you from?
2: From the great city of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania.
1: Yeah. All right. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Hi, Ed. How's it going? I'm Jay.
2: Pastor Jay, hello, how are you?
1: Great, so nice to meet you, sorry it's been kind of crazy.
2: <laughs> it was well, no, I I know, it's been crazy times all around.
0: Yeah. Okay, can you hear us still, Ed? Yes. Okay, that's much oh, that's better. that's perfect. That's perfect. Okay, great. All right. We Let's, are in business. So, Ed, if you want to, uh, you're our special guest speaker for today, and we're really honored to have you, and you're from you're from the uh, Baptist tradition, aren't you?
2: Uh, from the Mount Air Baptist Church okay. here in Pittsburgh. Got it. Reverend Doctor William H. Curtis, our senior pastor. Right, yeah.
0: very cool, awesome. And and so are you? Are you? Uh, is that the main church that you're involved in right now?
2: Yes, it is. Okay. Yes, it is. We have um, between eight and nine thousand members. What? It's a it's a ginormous church. Wow. Um, we're we're doing awesome stuff. Um, even in these pandemic times, we. Just trying to serve the community and just trying to be the hands and feet of uh, of Jesus. Absolutely.
0: Amen. Cannot argue with that.
1: Yeah. Well, Ed, it, it, the 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 uh, electric pulpit is yours. <laughs> so welcome to Revolution and make yourself at home.
2: Thank you much. And after this, we'll open it up to questions. Yes, sir. Is that correct? Yep, that's right. Okay. Very good. Before we dive in, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for this day. We just thank you for your grace and for your mercy and for your love for laying your hands upon us and keeping us safe in the midst of your dwelling. We just pray that all who tune in will be edified and we just pray in the name of Jesus that the body of Christ will be glorified in the midst of all things. Stir us up unto every good word and work for your name's sake. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, for a couple minutes on today, we're going to look at 1 John, chapter 5, verses 19 and 21. Not the Gospel of John, John's epistle to the church of Ephesus, 1 John, chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. And herein lies the word of God. We know that we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come. And has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true, in his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Because it's a small portion of scripture, I just want to read it again. We know that we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding. So we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true, in his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. But before we open it up to questions, we're going to talk about the fact that this is not idle time. This is not idle time. American exceptionalism is a catchy phrase. It encompasses... What American government leaders have spoken to the United States and about the United States in historical times. Such ideals this country is a shining city on a hill, the last best hope for Earth, the great superpower and in an indispensable nation. Yes, American exceptionalism. It sounds so elegant, it sounds so dignified, it sounds so dominant. It is the belief, the feeling, the indoctrination, and the idolization of such a false concept of superiority that has infiltrated the minds of many, not all, but many millions of Eurocentric Americans of what is for now the majority culture. You know or should know some of its pillars, homophobia, classism, sexism, racism, individualism, but its true purpose is to harden a fragile psyche of millions within America's majority culture that feel entitled to impose its illogical logic, immoral morals, unethical ethics, and abnormal normalities upon the actual majority that built the greatness that they take ownership of. So for those who sincerely want to make America great, it would probably be wise not to arrogantly exterminate the black and brown sons and daughters of the the ones who don't look like you. It was black and brown hands that plowed your fields and built your mansions. It was black bodies that even fed your babies. But in the season when certain persons have traded in white bedsheets for blue shirts and horses for automobiles with sirens, or in some instances, white pickup trucks, how exceptional does America really feel? It was black and brown blood, sweat and tears that breathed life into your infant commerce. We have fought for this country with you with a common purpose, even though your systems and institutions repeatedly treated us in uncommon ways. When we breathe for your benefit, you're cool with that. But then when one of us is on a sidewalk in New York or Minnesota and we say we can't breathe, you simply don't seem to care. While by no means a proper form of protest, but when we light fires in the streets to protest, you label us as thugs and demons and animals. When you lit crosses on fires in fields with sheets over your heads to celebrate burning our great granddaddies hanging from oak trees, you deemed it a sport, a traditional pastime and a hobby. The land of the free and the home of the brave. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights that among them are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But your systems and laws say that you can enter my house without knocking while I sleep, and when my boyfriend is a real man and tries to defend me, you shoot eight bullets into me and now I'm dead. That is a display of American exceptionalism. How free is a land that I can't safely jog on? When you take your own liberty to put your knee on my neck, how can I possibly pursue happiness? After all, this is the home of the brave. So how brave is a person when they have their knee on your neck for nine minutes while handcuffed? What this, among other things, tells me is that there are some lies that are self-evident, that you do not view me as equal. You want me to be docile and devoted to the supposed American dream but then you want me to be naive and numb when you so frequently perpetrate the American nightmare. Is that really what American exceptionalism is all about? So brothers and sisters, what do you do if America's exceptional to and for everyone except for you? What do you do when you are the exception to American exceptionalism? I'm glad you tuned in to find out. You must remember that even in the midst of seasons such as this, that there is an exceptional God with exceptional love and exceptional grace who gave us his son as an exceptional sacrifice with exceptional mercy who is still on the throne. I know that in the midst of everything that's going on right now, you may not feel exceptional, but God put me here on this morning to give you a reminder that you are exceptional. I am exceptional and we are exceptional and so is he. In our text today, that is what John is reminding of the house churches in Ephesus in this first letter. They were at a crossroads just like we are. They were teetering on the brink. Gnosticism was running rampant, causing even the most fervent believers to question the total sufficiency of Jesus Christ. A belief system was permeating the region full of human ambition, wealth, and status. That is what would define their time. But John wanted to remind the church that they were not ambassadors for Christ to promote a nation's superiority or even intellectual depth. John is reminding them not to rest on their laurels and to not idolize their nation's standing and influence in the world. Because of the dedication and potential of Ephesus in this season, they were deemed a threat to the philosophy of Gnosticism and the region's idol-making industry. It was profitable to make statues, and then statutes in tribute to the godlike appearance and representation of that statue. Thus the tourism industry was bustling as people were coming into Ephesus to see the grandeur of the statues. It too was a very capitalistic society. And anything or anyone that hindered or questioned the appearance of the systems was deemed less than. So John had to write to the Ephesian church and encourage them to not feel less than. He is letting them know that their true origins are in God and that anything that is counter to that is a lie. The state of Ephesus was lying in the power of the government and systems that were opposite to God's ethics. And that is what we need to be reminded of in such times as these that mirror our seasons. This is not ecclesiastical venting. This is prophetic preaching. To not preach this type of gospel would be Christian negligence and disobedience to God. And what did God want the prophets to do, major and minor? The prophet was tasked to call out sin, and that is what racism is. It is sin. It is America's original sin. It is institutional sin. It is systematic sin. It is a national sin, and to say otherwise would just be a flat-out lie. John just emphasized this earlier in the letter, in the first chapter, verses 9 and 10. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. So, for all these counterfeit Christians running around and erroneous evangelicals, if they stay quiet, thus enabling this national sin, making God out to be a liar, then they are lying in a lie. Tuck that away in your head. So, who and what are they really worshiping? Because the God I serve is not a man that he should lie. So, one of the two points we have on today is that you, me, we, we must know. Whose we are. I'm in the text in verse 19. We are from God. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and those who dwell therein. They say about our brown, Hispanic, and Latino brothers and sisters. They're trying to take over their country. Last time I checked and I'm seeing some names. There are some theologians watching who can type in and correct me if I'm wrong. But my Bible declares That the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those that dwell therein. Not just some who dwell therein, all who dwell therein. We are from God. That is what the text says. Even if they, whomever you think they may be, don't know that we are from God, we know that we are from God. Black, brown, gay, straight, where we are from God. To be anti these things is to be anti-God. And we must know that we are from God. <clears throat> we are no one's property. We are no one's experiment, even though it may be thought and still is thought that we are. So I'm just going to parenthetically pause real quick for those of us who are black and brown who may be watching, and I'm going to speak to that majority culture. Whatever price you paid to get me over here, to do the thing that you were too lazy to do, that means nothing to me because my Bible tells me that I was bought with a price, and that is the blood covering of Jesus. The old Baptist hymn says, Living, he loved me, dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Rising, he justified me. One day he is coming back. Oh, what a glorious day. But until that day, I will not bow down or lie down to anyone or anything that is not of God. We're going to be right here. We're not going to idolize any other person, any system that has put us down we are going to put our hope in the lord i know what the talk is if you don't like it just go back to where you came from i know the talk what about chicago what about this what about that that's always a convenient scapegoat i'm going to pause parenthetically to say to say black lives matter does not mean that black lives are better Say Black Lives Matter does not mean that Black people hate white people. It does not mean that Black people hate cops. It doesn't mean that we hate our queer and trans brothers. We are all in this together. And I'm going to take this commercial break and just say this. I know she's watching. I'm going to catch a lot of flack when she gets home, but she'll get over it. This is why the prophet who hasn't seen anything can't say anything. And I've seen some things. I've seen some things just here in Pittsburgh, one of the most underratedly racist cities in the country. My wife's in the grocery store last month. This is August, right? Yeah, this is August. So last month, time is filled with swift transition. She's in the grocery store. I'm not going to name the grocery store. And I, I know there are a couple people from Mount Eric watching. I hope not too many, because when I tell this story, they may go up to this place and try to tear it down. My wife's in the grocery store. And do I have my phone just so you think this is a very comfortable environment. So you can, I can validate that I'm not white bashing. I don't want it to come across as such, but I'm going to validate that right now. That's why I like environments such as this. Where is my bride? She's on my phone somewhere. Well, I'm going to show our little terrorist. I mean, baby, can you uh, see her? Yeah, oh, yeah, is. Yes. yeah, she is the prettiest in all the land. Oh. She is the prettiest in all the land. There's my wife. She's going to hate this picture. It's the first one that comes up. (laughs) So you can see her. I'm not white bashing. I'm going to have to sleep on the couch tonight. That's okay. She'll get over it. My point is this: she's in the grocery store. He's at the checkout and cashier was getting her Karen thing on and says to um, says to my wife, oh, your baby's so pretty, she. You know, it looks like she's been out in the sun and has got a tan. Her hair is so curly. And so my wife says, oh, yeah, she's biracial. And the cashier says, oh, that's disgusting. Just let, let, it, let it sink in for a minute as we're taking this commercial. Says, oh, that's disgusting. Now, bef- before, the baby had nice skin color. The baby's hair was pretty. But when... My wife says, well, oh, the baby's hair is that way because the baby's biracial. Then all of a sudden, that is disgusting. <laughs> now, <clears throat> knowing where I came from, 42, I've been on this world a while. New names are going to be called and things like that. But to say that is disgusting, meaning that she is disgusting. She's disgusting because of her origin, because of how God created her. Just let it sink in, because in all candor, I know that there aren't too many people of my skin tone that are watching, but how would you feel if somebody came up to you, your son, your daughter, your husband, your wife, and said, because of where you came from, because of who you love, that you're disgusting? How would that make you feel? Now, now that I planted that seed, now we get back. I just had to put it in there because it's just sat on my mind and in my heart all this time. So I really hope that no matter where you go, no matter what you do, I really hope that you never say the phrase dominant culture. never, ever, ever say the phrase dominant culture. And here's why. Somebody of the majority culture said that about my daughter. There are people of the majority culture who've said some things about you. I do my homework. I've seen the comments. I know that there's a lot of church hurt out there, but who has been more hurt by the church than Jesus? And he still shows up in your life all the time. God be praised for that. But I never want you to hear say the phrase dominant culture because when you put that out in the atmosphere and certain certain people hear that they're going to think that gives them a license to dominate now the last time i checked the only and i'm only speaking for myself the only entity that dominates in my life is the holy spirit through the shed blood of jesus and god the creator of the heavens and earth so no human being is to dominate over you. That's not a dominant culture. They may be the majority culture, but they're not a dominant culture. If you're questioning Jesus right now, if you're questioning God, I know there are some skeptics and cynics out there, some people who are still wrestling with this thing, but God is the creator of the heavens and the earth. And I'm going to take a commercial break again, and throw this out there. Some people say I shouldn't do narrative preaching, but I'm preaching Christ Jesus and not myself. You know how I can even say this? It's not true luck. It's not through happenstance. It's simply because of this. Here's another life experience. I've totaled seven cars. I've caught fire on our interstates. I've crashed through houses. I've broken my femur. Seven Seven cars because of some complications because of a seizure disorder. But the fact that I'm still even talking to you is not luck. It's not something divine in the cosmos. It's simply the grace of God. That same grace that God has given me, God is giving you even on today. It's not luck that you're here. It's not luck that you've endured being called all the homophobic epithets racial epithets, and it's simply the grace of God manifesting itself in your life. There's some people watching going to say, I'm getting away from my homiletics, but they'll get over it too. Mm -hmm. So where was I at? Thank you. Dominant culture. Yeah, when they hear that, they're probably running laps like they're in a Pentecostal church, and it reinforces that stereotype, but don't you ever, ever, ever embrace that thought. All this dominant culture and white privilege. Here's the privilege. The privilege is being a child of God. Some people say, don't say Christian privilege because I hate the church and X, Y, and Z. God's ways are perfect. His people are not. That's just how it is. God's ways are perfect. His people are not. And it is a privilege to know the God who designed you, who formed you in your mother's womb even before You knew who you were. That is the privilege to have that grace, that mercy, that forgiveness. That is how you know whose you are. Embrace that privilege and know whose you are. I'm still in the text says we are from God. You, me, we, we we're from the most high God. So just because the devil is constantly and generationally Moving through this culture, throwing hell your way does not mean you need to catch it. We will not lay down, stay down, or bow down because we are from God. And my Bible tells me if God be for us, nothing or no one can be against us. Thus, because we know whose we are, we will not be still and we will not be idle, I-D-L-E, because this is not idle time. This is God's land. He is the owner. Imaji Deo, we are the image of God. I know Jay is a greater theologian than me. He can interpret that in the next Q&A or something like that. But Imaji Deo, we are the image of God. The Christian, the one who professed that Jesus Christ is Lord. Not the man who tries to lord over you, but Jesus Christ. That is the measuring stick. That is the compass. And as we walk down through this text, we're now in verse 20. That is why he has given us understanding. The Bible does not lie. That is why we are transformed by what? The renewing of our minds. So even in times like this, when the devil's manifesting himself through systemic racism, systematic oppression, so many, so I don't even have time to name it all. And the masses of this majority culture in the Western world, they are trying to weaponize their whiteness. You've you've seen the Karens all over the place. You've seen the Kens and the Karens, Barbecue Becky, Permit Patty. They're trying to weaponize their whiteness. I'm not going to name his name, but there's a certain one who's blowing all these dog whistles and talking about our heritage. We have to save our heritage. Whose heritage is that? It's not God's heritage. It's not America's true heritage because if you want to look at the totality of the heritage, that same heritage brought people look like me over on boats. That same heritage is what was in need that was on George Floyd's neck. That same heritage is a heritage that says that our trans and, and queer brothers and sisters are just the scum of the earth. That's not the heritage that I want to be a part of. I'm not, I don't hate this country. I'm not white bashing, I'm not American bashing. This is God's land. This is from God, but we need to be of God. There is a difference. Yes, we are from God, but can we be of God? When we are of God, that is when we know whose we are. Do not make patriotism or nationalism your idol. God is the one. These erroneous evangelicals are loving their country and loving the resident in 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue more so than... They're loving the God. They're saying it under the guise of, we're just doing our job to protect and serve. To protect and serve who? To protect and serve your interests. Last time I checked, I want to protect and serve God's posterity in this earth. The idols of individualism, the idols of patriotism and nationalism. Do you love your country more than you love your God? It has become an idol in this country. Black people are not exempt. We have idols too. Everybody has an idol. We've taken a victim mentality saying the white man's holding us down. It's not going to get any better than this. So I'm an equal opportunity truth teller. Everybody has an idol. But until we come together to get rid of those idols, then the cause is not going to be advanced. You've heard in society and you've heard in the rally, say their name. Breonna Taylor, Maude Arbery, George Floyd and too many others names, say their name. And that's all well and good and that's great. But there comes a time you got to say God's name, too. The God is the ruler of all. Jesus Christ is Lord. Say that name as well. That's the name above every name. Because when it's all said and done, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We have to make sure those deaths are not in vain. How God manifested his gifts to those who were snuffed out by the system snuffed out by arrogance, we have to make sure that those names did not die in vain. I'm just going to quote Malcolm X and some people are going to get on me. Malcolm X said, you cannot deny the charges. I can't deny the charges. You, me, we, we we're living proof of these charges. You and me, we're the proof. That we're not where we need to be. But in the same regard, we're the proof simply because you're watching me, listening to me, that God has brought you a mighty long way. And since you're here, we have to do something. We have to say something. Second point that I'm going to get out of the way. Don't lie in lie. Not just because I'm saying, but anything that is contrary to what I've said is a lie. Don't lie in lies. The devil is a liar. I'm going to give you the Edward Hurt Amplified version. The devil's a bold faced liar, he's a stone cold liar. If there was a lie detector hooked up to the devil, it would have exploded and we'd have fireworks. Got canceled on this last month. The whole world, I'm in the text, I'm, I'm a biblicist because the Bible's the word of God. The whole world lies in the power of the evil one. That's what our text tells us in the B clause of verse 19. The whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And I I know Jay has taught all of you well, so you know that the devil is the father of lies. Thus, you're lying in a lie. If the whole world lies in the power of the evil one, Kendra, I see you on there. God bless you the devil is the father of lies and you're lying in the power of the evil one who is the devil, then you are lying in a lie. Chapter two, verses nine to 11 says, whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light and in him there is no cause for stumbling. but whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Thus, he is lying in a lie, lying in the power of the evil one. But the last time I checked, I want to lie in the power of God. Not walk around it on the periphery of the human experience, but lie in the promises of God. Lying in the protection of God, that's what I want to lie in. I don't want to lie in the power of the evil one. Always stay accurate in our text from the Greek. The word lie comes from Kemai, K-E-I-M-A-I, it means laying down and reclining. <clears throat> now, you can empathize with this. You know, when you're laying on your favorite spot on your couch and your bed and you recline back in your chair, you feel comfortable. And you feel relaxed and you feel at ease. So, Since the Bible tells us that we're lying in lies, if you're lying in a lie, you've lied in it so long, you've reclined in it, it has relaxed you and you feel comfortable in that spot, in that lie that you're lying in. So when you sit down, you become so familiar with it and it just eases in and the contour Of your body. You've reclined in it day after day so often it becomes second nature to you. It fits you so well. Any other position than lying in that position would feel foreign to you. But I just stopped by to let you know this is not time to lie in a lie, to make it cause you to become still and to become idle because what? This is not idle time. I don't care if it's COVID-19, COVID-20, COVID-21, whatever the case. The enemy hasn't been furloughed. He's still working. In fact, he's obviously working overtime. He's moving to and fro, seeking to steal, kill, and destroy. Thus, we need to be on the move, too, and not lie in our lies. If God is true to his word, which I believe he is, and he says, let justice roll on like a river and righteousness like a mighty stream, that we need to open the floodgates. We need to open the floodgates because there's some habits that simply need to drown. There are some assumptions that need to drown. There's some idols that need to drown. They need to be swept away in the currents and suffocate below the waters. But do not be fooled. There are some people out there, like there always have been, wanting to play lifeguard and jump in and try to rescue those things that need to drown and resuscitate those idols. That is why you, me, we, us, we need to take the shield of faith, stick it out and say, hold it right there. Don't come no further. We can't just sit with our weapons of our warfare collecting dust because this is not idle time. They may not know, whom, again, whomever they may be, but I know it. I can't see your faces. Maybe I'm just speaking for myself. I know there's some people out there listening right now who can look back over their lives and think things over and know that even in times like this, trouble don't last always. It's lasted a long time, but it won't last always. So as I hasten to a close, just be encouraged. Be encouraged and don't let your hopes, your dreams, your potential lay idle and alive. Don't let your potential, your skill, your gift, and that you didn't get through academia. You may have got it through your parents, but who gave it to your parents? God blessed you enough manifesting himself through people reciprocating time after time after time. God has blessed you with gifts. God has blessed you with talents. We can't run to the altar of low self-esteem. That's an idol. We can't run to the idol of apathy and indifference, defeatism. Those are idols. And they've made us comfortable. We've sat in them. We've stood in them. They fattened us up so that when it's time to go, we need some, to shed some weight right now. So, one of my closing questions what, is, what idol do you have that is making you idol for the kingdom of God? What idol in your life is causing you to stay idle in the human experience? The number—I'm w- all for the protests; they've been wonderful. These millennials, who've been maligned so often and so unfairly, are doing wonderful things. But the number one entity—and I, I forget his name—and I'm so—I'm I'm not going to bring it up. But the number one entity that is going to affect change is the church. Now, not the brick and mortar church, every, everybody be cool. The church for the kingdom of heaven is within. So does the people, we are going to influence the change. Programs aren't going to do it. Politicians, white and black, aren't going to do it. The NAACP is not going to do it. Al Sharpton's not going to do it. Joe Biden's not even going to do it. It is the people of God who have the winds of his mercy at their backs. They're the ones who are going to affect change. Not these preachers that are past their prime running towards cameras like Olympic sprinters just to get a photo op. They're not going to affect church. They're not going to affect change. It is only, thank you, Kendra. She's preaching my sermon for me. It is only the power of Christian love that is going to get this thing done heart to heart shoulder to shoulder back to back and breast to breast it may be black campfire churches like back in the day it may be white storefront churches home churches i don't know that are going to stir up the righteous cause but it's only christian love that is going to advance this thing we know the trailblazers John Lewis went to be home with the Lord recently. We know about MLK and there are too many others to name that have galvanized people, the strong words and strong deeds. But it is the Ralph West, the Willie Francois, the Jay Bakers of the world, the Andy Stanleys of the world, who God has poured into them to pour out into you so we can come together and be a priesthood of believers to advance the cause of Christian love Here on earth. We need to stir up the gifts in others so that it is people of color, people of the unpopular persuasion to be the mayors and legislatures and lawyers and doctors and police officers. And we have to infiltrate the system to break down the systems of racism. We have to put our people into those places, the people who are counterculture, to this majority norm that has smothered so many time and time and time again, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged to see my Eurocentric brothers and sisters. We've, I'm from Pittsburgh. You may have heard of the Tree of Life Synagogue, the worst Jewish hate crime in the history of this country. Um, I want to believe that was back in, in 2018, so we you know firsthand. How the majority cultures tried to ravage people, don't look like them or think like them. But I'm encouraged to see everybody expressing Christian love. Our Jewish brothers and sisters, Amish brothers and sisters. Who would have thought that you'd see an Amish person with a Black Lives Matter sign? (laughs) That tells me this is a new day, and their people have a greater readiness. And we need to continue. To advance that cause. One may think this sounds so daunting. It sounds so overwhelming. But if somebody has a better way, type it in and please let me know. This is supposed to be daunting. This isn't supposed to be easy. If it was easy, everybody would do it. It's supposed to be overwhelmed, but God is in the midst Yes, Zorso, I'm from Mount Arad, and you're very welcome. I appreciate the invitation. I love interacting with people. Zorso, um, is it Zorso? Yes, I've, I've been praying for you, brother. Am, Zoe, yes, Zo, he is. I've been praying for you. I promise things are going to continue to get better, and God is really showing up in your life. I believe that with all my heart. But we have to empathize with this. Jesus empathized with it. You know what scripture said. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Even Jesus was an underdog. Jesus, people were skeptical. Can any, he came from a teenage mother. This is what the Bible does. You know about David. David was a teenager getting ready to go to study hall, but God equipped him with a slingshot and, and a stone to take down a giant. Jesus called some fishermen and made them fishers of men, some people who didn't have any GEDs or PhDs and made them fishers of men to change the world. So if he did that for them, he can do such great things through little old you and little old me. That is what I believe. He was a God of justice, is a God of justice. And if that is what he demands and what he requires, and that is what we need to do Prophetess Eliana again brings us to a close. That, that the beautiful daughter, that, that's her name. But she's gonna wrap this thing up for us. So she turns two in October. And, a, and another thing, real quick, to let you know about the mercy of God, not luck and happenstance. The little girl I, I showed you on here. She was born 10 weeks early. She was two pounds and six ounces and had a hole in her heart. And now she's running, jumping, and tearing up the world, living her best life. It wasn't modern science because God moves through people's intellect. He's the origin to give that science. There's nothing but God that she is here and we praise God day after day because we've seen babies that didn't make it but God was gracious enough unto us to give her to us and she takes us to a close as she's growing we're trying to get the season of the pacifier to come to and then do I have one around here <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm sure my, my my wife loses them all the time she they're under couches and she, yeah She loses them all the time, but no. Good luck with that. Yeah, 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 that's what targets for. She's gonna beat me when she gets home. So, so she 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 has the pass. Eliana has the pacifier, or or the bank you You know what it's called? And she's screaming and she's making noise and she's. And when she's making noise, certain people put the pacifier in her mouth to get her to be quiet. And she'll spit it back out because she's trying to formulate some words. And some may say she's being too loud and they put it back in her mouth and she spits it out again. Now stay with me here. Somebody said one time, she that pacifier calms her down. It settles her down. Then somebody said, put that pacifier in her mouth. She worships that thing. It keeps her docile, keeps her calm. But there came a season where somebody pulled the pacifier in her mouth and put it in the garbage and said, she don't need that thing. She's not being loud. She's trying to find her voice. Where am I going with this? There's a, a, a devil somewhere. There may be some people in the culture who are trying to put a pacifier in your mouth. Oh, that's good news. We we would scream in the Baptist church. There's some people trying to put some cynicism and skepticism in your mouth to pacify you, to make sure that your voice is quiet so you don't make some noise. But just like the person in our story, there's a God of the universe who's gonna come by and pull the pacifier out of your mouth because he wants to hear your voice that is still formulating and still growing so you can make some noise For the kingdom, God is pulling the pacifier out of your mouth, so don't you let anybody put it back in. You keep on finding your voice. You keep on speaking up, speaking out, and showing out for the kingdom, for God, and for His people. You are the exception. You are the head and not the tail. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. So this tomorrow's not promised. There needs to be a fierce urgency of now. So that when it's all said and done, that so we can all hear those seven words we should long to hear. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. God will continue to go on. Say, You've been faithful over a few things. Now I'll make you ruler over many. Come on in. Here are the keys to your mansion. Welcome home. So keep on going. He says He'll say, It'll be said, I've kept the faith. I've finished, I will fight a good fight, I will finish the race. Don't stop halfway, finish the race and keep the faith. Henceforth there's laid up for you a crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge will give to you, and not only to you, but to all at his appearing. So many of us are looking for a theology that justifies our thoughts and inclinations, our desires and cultural preferences without any demand for personal transformation. But this is a time to be transformed. This is a time to mount up on wings like eagles, to run and not grow weary, and to not faint, because this is not idle time. God bless you and thank you for listening. Jay, Caleb.
1: Thank you, Pastor. That was um, mind-boggling amazing. Um, What I'm going to do is since i think instagram only gives us an hour so i think we have about 10 minutes i'm gonna let you answer the questions that we have and if anybody has questions i'm gonna let them put in i'm gonna i have questions but i'm gonna save mine for later because i have a feeling we'll be able to have a conversation on the telephone so i'm gonna let some of these folks uh ask their questions so folks please shoot away with questions we got about
2: nine minutes left Oh, I went way too long. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. no, no. It's it's Instagram. It's I go Instagram. I go long all the no, time. No, 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 no. Not on. You. I'm on my Instagram. Noble Ramsey finally followed me. He should have been following me five <laughs> months ago. <laughs> I'm talking to you, Noble. I'm gonna get you. <laughs> do we do we have, do you see any questions <laughs> um, come up?
0: I I I just saw a lot of people really resonating with uh, with a lot that you were saying there, Ed. I think you you were probably seeing the comments come in, same as as the rest of us, but that was a very powerful, very encouraging message, and I just want to say thank you so, so much for being so positive and uplifting, and uh, your theology is obviously very sound, you know, and you, like you said, very, very, very biblically based, and, and yeah, very encouraging. Maybe it's something about that familiar kind of Baptist cadence, you know, like to your to your delivery, but man, that was very, 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 I was very thirsty for that. And yeah, that really scratched an urge, and I, I'll confess this, you know, I'll I'll confess that I for me an idol is definitely defeatism and and um feeling like overwhelmed you know and 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 kind of using that as an excuse and kind of just saying oh it's not my you know I'll it's it's not my time or place right now you know and just kind of taking a back seat kind of thing and yeah I think defeatism is is a term that you used I'll, I'll I'll confess that that's definitely an idol for me and 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 thank you for helping me to see that
1: I'm definitely going over my uh, idle list again to see yeah. see what's what's peaking up because I needed to hear that too. I think a lot of things also go my
2: way. I'm technologically ignorant. There was a question I saw that I wanted oh. to address, but I've, yeah. Well, I yeah, can I can't. I can't. I can't yeah, scroll. I'm scrolling. Down Do you remember about when it, it. was? Oh, uh, it it was about twenty minutes ago. Okay. Okay. Here through. I can scroll.
1: Yeah, you can okay. just run your finger down.
2: Uh, I don't see. Well, maybe it wasn't a question. I don't know.
1: You got a lot of good comments. A lot of good comments. More than I usually. Greg can.
0: said, "Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you've encouraged me to be a better contrarian in how Christ challenged the establishment without mincing words." And yes, when I sleep on the couch or the doghouse, I want my pacifier.
1: i <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious since um, we're not you know. Uh, you know the, the moment at the you know Martin Luther King and is 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 it drew the roadmap for me, period. I I think one of the greatest theologians ever lived, and and just drew the roadmap of how to live and how to love others and how to argue well. Um, but you know that moment in in the grocery store. I mean, I would have had such a struggle to not go back to that grocery store and and lose my mind. Yeah. And I'm just curious, what 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 do you do with that anger? I mean, that is, that is I mean, it's one thing when people attack me or attack my parents because I'm used to hearing that most of my life. But when they my kids, I go crazy. You know, and, and if someone said anything remotely close to that, I don't know how I would be able yeah. to handle myself. That
0: language, that, that's disgusting. That language. Is I don't know so how I
1: would, I mean, give grace at that point or give forgiveness. And what does that look like?
2: Well, I, my, my wife didn't tell it directly to me. I overheard it. Um, she was crying. We were at her mom's and um, just overheard her. say, I didn't tell Eddie. And I said, tell me what. And she, then she broke it down to make I wait about five minutes. I'll, I'll be right back. So no, please, please don't go over there because I'm I wasn't always a Christian, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> but um, you know, I, you know, talked to the manager about it, and like I said in the sermon, it I've heard the names over the years, but it was a teachable moment. From the standpoint that, and you know, my wife has heard me say things over the years, but for it to actually be in the fire in here, and hear it, I think was good. Um, you have to pick and choose your battles, mm-hmm. even though it's your child. You you have to pick and choose your battles, and you have to remember that um, one person's comments don't define. Her beauty, you know, we, we know the totality of what she's been through. So um, sober mindedness is a spiritual gift of mine and, and it had fantastic. to be exercised greatly then. So,
1: you know, and for me, it's, it's one of the things is, is in, in King's teaching was seeing my enemies as, as victims of misinformation. And um, and you really do have to have a sober mind in those moments to see those people as as victims as well who say hateful things and how do we restore them to the kingdom as well and to Mm -hmm. grace grace and and, and thinking you know a better thinking and uh, to me it's just you know that's that's that seems to be the great struggle right now is we we don't uh, we don't seem to know how to argue well anymore you know it's really easy for us to write each other off. And I think, how do we change by arguing well? You know?
2: One of the things that Dr. King said is that we need to learn to disagree without being violently disagreeable. Yeah. And, and that was in the context of um, the air, but some people can be verbally violent as well. And you see a lot of keyboard heroes, keyboard warriors right now, right. People shout, and, and people shouting down. Excuse me. Um, but I believe it's about conversational um evangelism. Have a conversation. You know, it's not about who's right, it's about what's right. You know, I'm a Christian, I believe in one having their soul salvation. That doesn't mean that the Buddhist or or the Muslim doesn't have something to contribute to um the ills of our time. And Uh, real quick we got three minutes i talked way too long i I was on facebook and i saw this group said rednecks for black lives i said whoa Hmm. (laughs) who would have ever thunk but there's something that pierced their hearts were they're at a season we can have a conversation you know a, a flag a symbol doesn't define us we have a we have a common cause because i believe we have a common god you know black, white, but we all bleed red. And um, that's why I think this is just a pivotal season for us. So,
1: Well, Pastor, this has been a, a, a revolutionary moment for our church and thank you for, for joining us today and, and giving us this message. I mean, you really have blessed us and I think it's, you know, uh, what we needed to hear and it's definitely a huge shift for what people are used to hearing me being all confused and talking crazy. <laughs> so, um, no i mean i I just think it's refreshing uh to remind us uh of of so many things and um thank you for being you know a voice in in, and 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 being a part of our voice because we needed that we 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 want this to be a place where our voices are one and we are the church and um so today i think that's evident so thank you for doing that and, and just thank you for blessing us today
2: absolutely thank you again for the invitation and um yeah it, it was a good time even though it's online fellowship but fellowship nonetheless and i'm yeah. very appreciative of you um embracing me uh, for this hour
1: well we will talk soon hopefully and um this will be online everybody's a few people asked if we're going to have this online yeah we'll have this online um very soon and um share it with each other and hopefully i think we can keep this up for a little bit so think, people yeah, can see it for so hours, yeah. so for the next 24 hours tell your friends about this talk and tell them to check it out um thank you again pastor grace yes. peace be with you
2: you as well stay right. blessed be blessed have a good week right. bye-bye thanks all right bye-bye now
0: we'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100 percent by listeners like you To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. That was a post-Christian podcast.